Today is Wednesday, March 18th, 2015, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, before we begin, I'd like to ask a friend of Medjugorje to take a few moments to share with us some more insight about the significance of this day. There's been so many things that have been conjectured about March 18th and so many different things said about the day itself. And so before we even get into the message, uh, if you want to just give a take a few moments to share with us why we're here. Well, March 18th came out about because Our Lady had said that she would appear annually after Mariana's apparitions ended on this date. I'd written several times about this was not because it's Mariana's birthday, and her birthday is on March 18th. So how is it that Yanko's apparition is on the 25th of December once a year, Ivanka's is on the 25th of June every year, how is it that takes place that it just out of 365 days out of the year that Mariana's ends on her birthday, except she was given her gift? And yet that was not the case. And of course, when I first wrote about this years and years ago, put it out, I was criticized for it. Well, you know, she's doing this partly for her birthday. Mariana, when I talked to her, she made it perfectly clear, had nothing to do with her birthday something that was coming in the future. And yet, Maria told me, back in the early 80s, probably around 86, 87, mid-80s, that Our Lady had given her a kiss during the apparition. She said, I'll never wash this. She pointed to her cheek and said, I'll never wash this spot. I didn't want to wash it. She said it went through her whole being. She felt it through her body into her soul. She felt her soul and her spirit inside of her. And then another time, Maria walks into the apparition not knowing how to speak Italian. And she walked out of the apparition on her birthday, April 1st, speaking native Italian. So Maria receives these gifts on her birthday. She acknowledges her birthday in this way. And yet Mariana's doesn't. But what it does tell us, the fact that she has this on her birthday and that she doesn't give us salutations and has never said, and Mariana reiterated these things, which I'm glad for today because it puts it in historical context that this was just not some thought I put out 15 or 20 years ago, opinion. She's made it very clear today after the apparition that this has nothing to do with my birthday and LA doesn't do anything more for you than she does on my birthday. She doesn't tell me happy birthday. 
which in this case, the contrast between Maria and the gifts she does get on her salutations or what happens on her birthday, not every birthday, but has happened, as opposed to Mariana who hasn't, the March 18th is even a bigger day and a greater day of significance. The fact that our lady's connotating, she's not tying it to birthday. That's when you think we should just do something. Even Maria's one of their sons when he's in trouble. Got a salutation, a positive salutation of Our Lady on his birthday. So we gather today for Mariana's once a year apparition or annual apparition. And of course, you know that the second of the month apparition she has now once each month. Parallel in the 25th messages that Maria receives, and hers is for the world. Maria's is. It's in the last book of Revelations, crystal clear, 12 times a year, once each month, medicine for the nations. The Bible says that. That's where the Bible ends with these words. And that's exactly what's happening. January 25th, 87, when Maria, when our lady said, I'd appear once a month and give messages for the whole world. We're living Bible through these private revelations that show us public revelations are coming in activity of what they were written down for to be understood in this present moment. So we don't know what's coming March 18th. But one thing we do know is getting closer. And we can see Our Lady getting more anxious just the way she speaks. And anxiousness is a form of what may could be even termed as anxiety. But there could be a joyful anxious. There could be an anxiousness that's not sinful. But if it's filled with greed or want, and I've got to have this and got to have that, then it's wrong. Our Lady wants your soul. She desires it because Satan desires to devour it. And she's come to break this from us. So this message today we're about to read has great significance beyond what this program can tell you, beyond what I can tell you. But the present thoughts, the Holy Spirit of what it says, we can give you the immediate thoughts of a message that we'll be speaking to you next month next year, and on your deathbed, and those you leave behind afterwards, and your generation after generation, till the last man draws his breath on earth, and you are alive in this moment. If the world lasts another thousand years, which I don't believe it will, and I don't believe we're at the end of time now, at the same time, because man's made advancements, and when he's come to break down this Tower of Bible, to set it back, we gain cognition to the messages, Tip those in the future who will have to go through the fullness of the Antichrist, because we're underneath an Antichrist system now. But it's not the end of the world. She's going to break it. And that's what our message is about. And we're the prototype. We're the model. We're the window that will give hope to those future Christians who will go through the fullness of the Antichrist and have to look back on a people. How did they do it? What did they do when they had to break from Satan? And that's our plan. Our message speaks to that. She implores us to be vigilant, to break away from Satan and untruth while we still have time. That those 100 years, 200 years, whenever that happens, will have the model to follow. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's annual apparition to Mariana on March 18, 2015. Dear children, with a full heart, I'm asking you, I am imploring you, children, cleanse your hearts of sin 
and lift them up to God and to eternal life. I am imploring you, be vigilant and open for truth. Do not permit for all that is of this earth to distance you from the true cognition of the contentment in the communion with my Son. I am leading you on the way of true wisdom because only with true wisdom can you come to know true peace and the true good. Do not waste time asking for signs of the Heavenly Father because He has already given you the greatest sign, which is my Son. Therefore, my children, pray so that the Holy Spirit can lead you into truth, can help you to come to know it, and through that knowledge of the truth, that you may be one with the Heavenly Father and with my Son. That is the cognition which gives happiness on earth and opens the door of eternal life and infinite love. Thank you. It's interesting that we look out across the centuries of past and think how ignorant people were, how unintelligent they were compared to man today, and how they in their lives, and they pass from one generation to now to us, that we're so advanced in our intellect that we're so smart. And yet a lady has to come to us today and tell us eight times truth or true. What is real true? What is real truth? I tell you, 500 years ago, they had more. A thousand years ago, they had more. 2,000 years ago, they had more. We're cluttered with things which aren't truth. It surrounds us. It drives our culture. And it's not driving us to God. It did drive us to a great gift of Our Lady's presence. 33 years of apparitions, which tells us we're so far from truth. And we lost it having the Bible, which is, which is God's Word, which is truth. That we have to come back and be reined in and refocused and retuned into what truth is. Anybody preceding just 10 years ago, not very long ago, would know what marriage is about. They would know the truth about that. And they would answer just a very short while ago. How can that be? How can abomination enter into marriage? Because it can't. It's not possible. God made truth through procreation through man and woman, and there's no other way it can be. And yet we have the world trying to say otherwise all over the place. So much so that it's made such normal inroads that even those who are principled against it say, well, I'm not for it. But you know, if that's what people are going to do, so be it. Or I don't like it, but what can I do about it? You don't know the truth. You don't know that this one sin is such a rebellion against God that it has always ended in disaster for the culture and for the world, wherever it's propagated or just accepted. And half the Christians, maybe more than that, are just accepting it, including those in the Catholic Church. So we're lacking truth. The world today of electronics and computers and advancements in that is not truth. Has it led us to truth? 
It hasn't given to truth. The internet is so lacking a credibility that there's nothing you can trust on it. It's amazing what people said about our mission. And people read it and believe it. Because something like this, as medium in print, makes people think it's true. Anybody can go on the internet and say anything they want to and give a slant on however they want to do it. Look what happened when you're sleeping was about this. So I is here to bring us to truth, to show us that you don't have truth anymore. You don't understand what truth is. And because of that, we have big, big problems in everything that we do and everything we see and the right perspective. And so her, her messages are coming to give us the way, the light of who her son is. Our Lady really is saying that it's important to get truth right in this message, it seems, because if you don't get the right truth, the doors of eternal life won't be open to you. Do you see that in the message? Well, that's the problem. Many people are good. It's like the Cardinal told me. We have many good people doing bad things. People are decent. They have a good appearance. But the heart is so dark and not in, that they're going down the road just doing so many bad things. They're just empty. And we're so empty because we don't have God in us. We have the world in us. We have electronics in us. There's no room for God. There's no room for God in us because we're so filled with other things. Ellie says, I'm full. She says, with a full heart, I'm asking you. She's never said that before. The first thing that struck me is this is the first time I've ever seen a lady say this. And she's only said the word that we expected or what I expected. I looked for it. And even coming in the second sentence, I looked for it, but she didn't say it, which is with the full heart of love. And she never says that. So what is her heart full of? What is she saying? With a full heart, I'm asking you, I'm imploring you, children, cleanse your heart of sin and lift them to God and to eternal life. What do we lift them to? What is our God? What is our idols? And we're so un untruth that we don't even see it. We think the cell phones help us. We think the computers help us. It doesn't. We just got a faster place world, more busy, and it's all a lie. It's a mirage. It's an illusion. It's not real. You say, well, we can't operate it. We do. We're in an international mission. We've got six to seven hours difference in Medjugorje. We've got three places over there. We've got the mission house over there. We've got places all over the contacts that we have across the world. We deal with things. We've got the most advanced graphic design department. We've got our print shop. We've got the whole Tabernacle Rally's messages, the whole factory out producing and production the messages and anybody else in the world. All this without a cell phone. All this without home computers. All this without television or doing it with a video. Because I'll you showing to be against these things. So don't tell me you can't operate without these things. You can. And in fact, we're more efficient. And we have more people following us and seeking us what's going on with the messages and us insights because we're not cluttered by everything. Our hearts aren't filled with all things. They're filled, like I said, of our heart. A heart full. Full of, of a way of life. Yes, we have struggles. Yes, we still have distractions. But one thing we recognize is that Our Lady showed us that we were empty-handed when we came to her. 
a lady, when I went to conversion, I thought I was going to Medjugorje full. I wasn't. And yet she has a full heart. She's given me everything. And she has given us in our heart her son. That's what she wants to place there. So she wants to give your heart fullness and to be full-hearted of all the virtues of charity, of everything that takes place. In conversion, you have secrets. There's such an intimacy. There's such a, something so beautiful, you don't even want to share it. You want to keep this quiet. At least I did. And we want to keep things for ourselves. Yet I had nothing to give to a lady when she brought me to conversion. And now that you're filled through your conversion, when you have somebody that comes to you empty-handed, what are you going to do for them? This is what Ali wants. She wants a heart filled with a son. And she told us on February 2nd, 2015, you are worthy to work for heaven. She's calling for this. For her heart, the way it's filled, her virtues, that you had the same, that even though you came and you have nothing to give her lady, and yet she gave to you, that you can pass your conversion on to another who comes to you empty-handed. Would you let them come and give you nothing? And then give them something of you? But because there's not enough of your time, you don't want to do that? When our lady made time for you. If I came to you empty-handed A barren ocean With nothing And if I came to you empty-hearted, searching for pieces after the fall, all I've ever known is how to hide a secret, but I'm tired of going. I'm without believing that love is not illusion Love illuminates
lady said once that she's still suffering. She referred to Jesus as still suffering. She says, I've been with you through the centuries. And she relayed that into her difficulties of how bitter sometimes that was for her, watching her children on the earth and watching them go astray from her son. And you sometimes want to go to conversion and keep those sweet cherished things and have your prayer time and everything and be selfish with your conversion? The purpose of that is to build cognition. The purpose of the suffering through conversion after you go through the honeymoon is to help other people. Our Lady said, your life does not belong to you, but is to be spent to help others toward eternal life. We're commanded to do that. Our Lady's making an investment in you. And don't think you're free to go spend that investment without payback on dividends back to her bringing people to the Father. The message said that. Therefore, my children, pray so that the Holy Spirit can lead you into truth, can help you to come to know it, and through that knowledge of the truth, that you may be one with the Heavenly Father and my Son. And that experience of you is help others toward that, especially on the second of the month. That's what it's about. That you be those who bring those who don't know the love of God. A couple of years ago, Our Lady gave a message where she said, Courage, little children, I decided to lead you on the way of holiness. And in today's message, just want to pull out one part of the sentence where Our Lady says, I am leading you on the way of true wisdom. And just kind of putting the question out there for you, for Our Lady to say, I'm leading you, it's not speaking in the terms of like she's just showing us something. It's as if we're going that way regardless of whether we want to go that way or not. You know, so for Our Lady to say, I'm leading you, you know, for her, it's understandable if she says, I'm showing you something, I can choose to go that way or not go that way. But if Our Lady says, I'm leading you, it's almost sounds, and I might be wrong, it almost sounds like we don't have a choice. You're dead on. We don't have a choice. We have a choice only this way. We have a choice of invitation. And after the period of invitation is over, then we have the four circumstances that we're going to have to deal with to make a decision. I've actually heard people say, well, I know this is going to happen. The economy's going to crash, these things and this and that. And I'll deal with it when it comes. Do you realize what you can do right now, just on a physical, not even spiritual, on a physical basis on preparing yourself for how the future is going to be into a new way of life, what you can do in one day may take you a year to do later. What you can do in five days may take you 10 years to accomplish. Can you go get water? You think everything's going to be fine and this economy system is going to be going as it is? We have a judgment against it. Don't think it's going to continue. And so you can be on the path with Our Lady. You can be going this way. Or you can go the other way, still on the same road. You're just going the wrong direction. Whatever we do, we're on a path in life. We're sent to this earth for one reason and one reason alone and nothing else. It's a test at the end of the life to see where you'll spend eternal life. Yes, Our Lady wants us to be happy. She said that today. That is the cognition which gives happiness on earth and opens the door for eternal life and infinite love. Our Lady don't want you running around being mopey and sad and depressed. Those are the results and the fruits of sin. 
Why is one person in a wheelchair happy and joyful and the next is not? Both of them are confined. I like a message once that said, pray before you work and pray at the end of your work. Why? So it can be blessed. So if one does that and another does the exact same work, same job, same position, same production, and they don't pray in the morning and they don't pray the evening, is it the work? Is it the decision that makes things change? Who's more fruitful? Why would they be fruitful? Well, why would Our Lady say, pray before you work and after us so your work will be blessed? When it's blessed, what happens? You get contentment. Our Lady said today, do not permit all that is of this earth to distance you from the true cognition of contentment in communion with my Son. You're more joyful. You'll have more production and fruit from it. And why would you not? If you pray for it to be blessed, you pray before the work and after you get blessing, and the same person next to you does the same thing and it doesn't, it's a given. What does this tell us? It tells us what I said today. Do not waste time asking for signs. But she said before, do not waste time. I said in a message on February 2nd, 2015, do not waste time thinking about whether you're worthy to be my apostles. March 18th, 2015, today. Do not waste time asking for the signs of the Heavenly Father because He has already given you the greatest sign, which is my Son. But don't think that Revelations chapter 12 doesn't apply to this. Our Lady puts her son first. And Revelation says, A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon underneath her feet. Twelve stars about her head. And it appears with twelve stars about her head. If not now, when? Our Lady appears and leaves in the light of the sun, even says on the mountain. If not now, when? Our Lady is a great sign. If not now, when? We've never had any matches like this in the history of the world. And of course, since Christianity started 2,000 years ago, that Our Lady herself is exactly coming to the T of Revelations chapter 12. To do what? To do battle to the dragon. How? To raise up apostles of the latter days. And that's your position. That's what you're waiting for. And you want to you waste time? You want to go on your way? You want to continue to live the way you live? Our Lady says, now is a time of grace. You got a choice by invitation? Or you got a choice by circumstances around your life falling and spinning out of control? So Our Lady wants you to quit living your life on the road your own. She wants to change it. You start chasing her son. Her highway really is a conversion that gives you the freedom to be with her. She's with the wind. It's like racing the wind. She told us, the wind is my sign. I will come in the wind. When the wind blows, know that I am with you. I am with you in the wind. Do not be afraid. With Our Lady, you never will know what's behind the bend. My highway, the yellow lines 
disappeared from time to time And I've wound up on the wrong side of the road On my highway I've gone too fast Afraid that I might finish last I hooked the curve too hard and lost control Oh, I never know which way it's gonna go But what a feeling Chasing the sun Living my life like it shot from a gun Laughing a little bit more with every mile Oh, what a freedom Racing the wind I even know what's around the next bend And smiling as I watch the years roll I'm learning how to take it day by day On my highway On my highway I missed some signs And my highway I broken down And cried when no one else was around And pray that God would save my soul Paid a lot of heavy tolls But what a feeling Chasing the sun Living my life like a shot from a gun Laughing a little bit more With every mile What a freedom Racing the wind Dying to know what's around the next bend Smiling as I watch the years roll by Our lady's imploring you to let her lead you. I am leading you on the way. So you want your highway to be yours? Or you want your highway to be her path that she shows you? A path to true wisdom, contentment, and communion with her son. And if you have that, no matter what the circumstances, you can be in the joy of this life because she asks that, gives you the happiness on earth. She means that. She wants that for you. Happy will be the day when things come to fulfillment. And we're going to see that. We're racing toward it. You can see everything in the messages pointing to it. 
Will you be satisfied with yourself that you did everything you can to change your direction of your life? I picked up um, one of your writings from my bookshop this morning, just at random. It was um, the Fallen Field Angel booklet. And I just um, connected with this, these words of Our Lady where she said, with a full heart, this is just an intriguing thing to contemplate. And so I'm going to just read this one paragraph from, this, from your writing, and I think you'll see why... I connect with this, but it says, What does Satan look like? An Italian mystic, Maria Valtorta, who in the 1940s wrote five volumes of visions she claimed she had of Christ's life, describes seeing Satan. Our Lady has told Maria, one of the visionaries of Medjugorje, that these books are good to read. Maria Valtorta wrote that one day in her bedroom, she was bedridden. The devil stayed in the corner, staring at her. He was so vile, dark, grotesque, that even the imagination was not enough to grasp the thing's ugliness. She said Satan was bloated, full, sated, and pulsating. Later, when Jesus was present, she asked him why he was bloated, and Jesus answered that it was his hour and that he was sated and full and pulsating with all the souls he was getting. So, with Our Lady saying she has a full heart, even as she's imploring us to cleanse our hearts and keep lifting them up to God and being vigilant, is this a sign, and I think you actually said that at the beginning of the show, that she is winning, winning in hearts, and her fullness is a representation of having more souls coming to her. Our Lady says she feels in her heart the triumph. Because of those conver- or because of your conversions, so she is full. She's actually in the same position of, of Abraham. Go find me fifty souls. He couldn't find ten, and Sodom was destroyed. And yet we have Jesus, or rather we have Our Lady, coming to the earth, buying us time because one sign that was given was Marianas. Sign that she asked for, her watch ran backwards, showing that Our Lady is here, not on more time, because judgment was here in 1981 when Our Lady first appeared, but she backed up time. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve the mercy. On August 25th, 2000, Our Lady said, I desire to share my joy with you. In my immaculate heart, I feel that there are many of those who have drawn closer to me and are, in a special way, carrying the victory of my immaculate heart in their hearts by prayer and converting. And she goes on and says, I desire to thank you and inspire you to work even more for God and his kingdom with love and the power of the Holy Spirit. I am with you. And I bless you with my motherly blessing. She is filled and yet still has capacity for more conversions. But also that speaks to us as the fulfillment of her mission coming here. What does she had? Did she have a numerical number of people that she needed to convert that were going to be her apostles in times approaching? If you're filled up with something, that's complete. You might say, okay, we fill up my, my fuel tank, my gasoline tank, my gas, and my car. Once it's full, you can't put more in it. But you can go and implement your trip and complete it 
at least the distance that a full tank of gas would go. And so this full heart explains to us that her, her mission on earth is coming to a completion. It is full. It's implementation of her plan. And yet she continues to say, I implore you, I need more. Don't let this earth distance you from true cognition and communion with my son. But we can see we're not going to have a lady forever. In this race of time, when she says more, do not waste time, speaks to us real clearly. And one thing we see is more and more the mercy that she brings in her apparition each day for us to have something that the world doesn't deserve. Why? Because it's necessary. Because Satan's so bloated, he pulsates. He's is evil. His cognition of, of evil that indelibly has marked all of us. We're all touched by it. And it's amazing. I know the Holy Father just named a year of mercy. They're going to start at December 8th. I think that now they have made that official. And yet we have divine mercy. Someone asked me once, what, what does it mean? What is Jesus' mercy? Well, Sister Faustina, the way I understood one time when I was reading what she said, she didn't say it this way, but I, I understood that people may think, and actually Maria Vartorta wrote it in Point Man God, that you think when somebody dies or somebody's unconscious, that that's it. But you don't know what happens at the death. They still can get mercy. They still can be presented with Jesus. Will you accept me? They may have lived a life of a reprobate, but they might have just that little inkling of, of seeking forgiveness. You don't know. That's why we can't judge people so. You can judge their actions. You can say this is wrong culturally. It's damaging for the culture, but we don't know why people do what they do. And in the end, that's reserved for God's judgment alone. You never go there, but you can judge sin and say and tell people you can't do that or incorporate in the law. We can stop that. We can fight that with all our heart and all our being. But one thing we know, we're in a time of mercy, and now we got the Holy Father coming up to declare something on earth that the Scriptures and Jesus himself said will be declared in heaven. The Pope says it, then it's accepted in heaven. And so we got this mercy coming. I know when I went through my conversion, sometimes Christ was too much for me. You might say, how could that be? When I was in my early business, I had thought my, bought my third piece of property. It was 20 acres with two major tributaries on it, beautiful piece of property. I made a real low offer. It was accepted. And when I took that phone call, I walked outside, and I told Christ, who am I? What are you doing? I'm just a sinner. Why are you so good to me? And I remember saying, I don't understand you, Jesus. Who, who am I that you do this? I was actually arguing against why he did give this at this ridiculous offer. And it was still I'm in disbelief of it. Of the many blessings far more greater than that that's come afterwards. And so it's difficult to understand how rich like me or you can receive the mercy we receive. Yet he's been so good to me and I had no merit to be blessed that way. And no, I don't understand because Jesus was killing my ego with his mercy.
are you doing, Lord? Kneeling in front of me, I feel indignant, Lord, that you'd ever wash my feet and ever let you see the dark and dirty. It's just too much for me. I know who you are And I know where I have been It offends me, Lord That your knees are bent I'd rather you be strong and make me pay But this is too much for me Crushing me Ooh, I draw a sword for you I said I'd fight unto the death I'd lose it all for you I swore I'm not like the race But then the car closed And I've let you down I can't face you now I can't face you now You're killing me with mercy I can't breathe You're wrecking me with your kindness I can't receive supposed to do with a God so humble it's breaking me it's crushing me Just do
Thanking me with your kindness I'll just receive What am I supposed to do With a God so humble I'll just believe And let you love me Sometimes we can look at God and say, I don't deserve to be forgiven. This is despair. This is demeaning and lowering the value of his son and the price he paid to redeem you. So you can never go that way in thinking of what the song says. But you can go with what I was saying about my story, because it's your story. We don't merit anything. We deserve nothing. We're only doing our duty. Everything we do. And even in the prayer for the boat of God, where we say here every day in a consecration, if I labored for eternity, I still could not merit anything. I'm naked, weak, and wretched. When you get that attitude and you understand that, we deserve nothing of the great blessings of just being able to walk or just being able to live. And the opportunity we have to be spending eternity with God is thinking time. It's time to realize we've made a mess of everything. This world is in serious trouble as never before are only compared to Noah and the flood when the whole world was destroyed. Because I can tell you, the whole world is about to be destroyed as it operates and as it has continued for the last decades going downhill. But a new world will rise, a springtime, a Pentecost, a second Pentecost. The question is, do you want to be a part of it? In those words that you just spoke, I know that you've written about this a number of times before. Particularly, I'm thinking what comes to mind is in How to Change Your Husband, you wrote about there would be a time that would come when fatherhood would be raised up and that God would come, I guess the word would be in vindication, so to speak. And you've mentioned before in other broadcasts, these messages to Mariana, Our Lady speaks so much about the Father, the Heavenly Father. And just not knowing the future and not knowing about March 18th and what that means, it's, do you think it's significant that, that this feast day, that this day, which is a feast day, going to be a feast day in the future of some type, is on the vigil of the Feast of St. Joseph? And so, which is, of course, I know, I know that you've before in the past had said, you know, Our Lady, Our Lady would come. She would certainly bring honor to St. Joseph and fatherhood as well, just because of that tie of the Holy Family. So with all of this being said, I guess the question is, is what, what kind of vindication is going to happen? Is it going to be illumination? Is it going to just be that things are going to just get so bad that the family will have to go back to its structure to survive? Is there going to be uh, an event? What? What do you think is going to happen, or how do you think that it's going to take place, that vindication of fatherhood, especially with everything that you've been talking about on the latest broadcast of what's going on in the world, particularly in Alabama? But where do you, where do you think all of this is going with the father? I return to truth. You can't suppress truth. You can't legislate it away. You can only slow it and bury it and try to keep it there. But it comes back out of the tomb of the death you built for it. It resurrects. It comes out of their heart. It's indelibly wrote on every man, even the people of the most base and being civilized. They know of a God. They might not know his name, but it's within their hearts. And so we know when we do wrong, it's intuitively. We even can see this in children. I see with my grandson, little Tony. He'll go do something. He'll look at me when he's not supposed to be touching some statues in the house. He's seeing if it's okay. He's teasing me. And he's got reason. He's not about eight months old, or seven months old. It's a remarkable thing if you take study of the human nature of even a child that they know they've been told before not to do that. If they'll look back at you at that little age 
and one look will stop it. And so we know truth, and we try to hide it. We try to pretend that we can change truth, make it into something else. You will lose, all of you, what you're trying to do legislatively, what you're trying to make this nation into, what you're trying to make the culture into. You are on the losing side. We are winning. Even if we're defeated, even if you win 10 more cases, you are doomed. Why do you want to do that? Why can't you convert? Why can't you change? The biblical mandates, the principles, have never been proven wrong. Truth never is. And truth can be suppressed, but it always resurrects, and that's our hope. And so fatherhood's going to rise. Our Lady has been coming for 33 years, everything pointing to the Father. And don't think she just only means God the Father. Jesus Christ had a Father. He was God. And the father in the home is greatly diminished, demeaned, the idiot on Hollywood, the brunt of all jokes. And I did write in How to Change Your Husband that the common thing in the culture, in society, is the rise of fatherhood. Because that's a return to truth. You may not like it. You may think as a wife you're on par with his authority. It's not so. If you don't understand that, get the CD that we did on January's 25th show, I think it was, that talked about, I hurt myself when I hurt you. It's caustic. But truth is always caustic. And so, yes, Our Lady's pointing to the Father. She wants to understand how she submits to the Father. How she, to St. Joseph is a feast day. What was her relationship when she was told to go to Egypt? Well, Joseph, I'm the Virgin Mary. I'm immaculate. You're not. She didn't argue. Because he had authority over her. This small creature of a man compared to the Virgin Mary who no angels amounted into the millions, whatever numbers they are in heaven, and all the saints of the church and all the saints and all the people in heaven today don't equal her statute and who she is. And the vessel that's been filled with grace because of her goodness and her virtue is a purely human being of what God's risen up to be. And so we have to realize this world is underneath the mandate because we don't have God living in the house anymore. The Father's killed. He's diminished. His authority is challenged. Not only from his wife often, but from kids, the very children. So the world came under judgment because we've gone toward materialism. September 11, 2001, was a symbol of the sign of the world's financial strength was attacked. And it's at that point the world began to change. And one, 19 men knocked down two towers, and we've been spinning out of control ever since. And one thing after another has been hit this way. And so where Satan lives, God does not. beginning we stood on the shore sang hallelujah gave thanks to the Lord long time forgotten what that all stood for God don't live here no more 
Our country was strong, safe and secure. We trusted our neighbors, the kids played next door. But white picket fences gave way to dead bolted doors. God don't live here no more. The towers are burning, the seeds have been sown. Can't blame the devil, we did it all on our own. We're down in the valley, tattered and torn. God don't live here. Lessons they taught us, they don't teach no more. People are hungry, jobless and poor. A self-righteous nation showed him the door. Now God don't live here no more. Can't blame the devil, we did it all on our own We're down in the valley, tattered and torn Cause God don't live here no more Don't live here no more. God, don't live here no more. God, don't live here. Our lady mentioned the word contentment in her message today, and I didn't run a search on this, so I don't know if she's ever used that word before, but I don't think so. And uh, my question is, contentment is something different than happiness. It's, it's a far cry from thrilling or exciting. So why is contentment more desirable for us to have in a spiritual sense than even happiness? Whether you're inheriting bad fruit from sin and bad decisions throughout your life, or you're inheriting good fruit from living in grace, we're always supposed to be content. If the economy crashes and you're not guilty of anything or contributing to certain things about being in debt and you suffer for it, God expects, God teaches to be content. 
Whatever circumstance I find myself since I've gone through conversion, the first thing I seek is be content with the circumstances. There's nothing I can't do. I can't change it, as St. Francis says, except those things I can't change. And so once you do that, you're in a proper disposition to stay in a state of grace or return to a state of grace if you're in sin by confession. Contentment is everything. A man who has contentment lives joy, even in the midst of suffering, pain, loss, gain, happiness, whatever it is. Contentment is the key to the spiritual life. We have such discontentment in what people have in their very body and how God created them that they're going to plastic surgeons. Widespread in the church. This is a sin. This is the big, big sin. Because you're telling God, I'm not satisfied with how you made me look or who I am. And don't think you can do that without this being mortal to you. Because it's not easy to reverse it. And if you come to contrition, you realize it's grave. What can you do about it? You go back and get plastic surgery and come back the way you used to look? People don't know truth anymore. It's elusive. They're looking for something by changing what God designed and the circumstances he put you in. You may be poor. You may never have anything. You may never have that. But there's plenty of people poor that's happy. Welfare, all the socialism that's going on in the United States of America is discontentment and greed. So you're rich if you're content because you have joy and you're happy. I even sent this message when the same message says contentment at the end of it, the happiness on earth. That's poor people, rich people, everybody. Be content. This is the cognition which gives happiness on earth. That's something to be said about that because February 2nd, 2014, Our Lady said, I desire that by fasting and prayer you obtain from the Heavenly Father the cognition of what is natural and holy. What is natural? What does she mean by that? The definition of natural pertains to nature, produced by, affected by nature, or by the laws of growth, formation, or motion, impressed on the bodies of beings by divine power. The cognition she wants to give you, she's giving you the difficulties, the experiences, that's impressed on your very being by divine power. Isn't that incredible? So she used the word cognition with what is natural and holy and divine. And natural is defined as by something divine power. Most of us don't catch that. This word cognition has just sprung up out of nowhere. She speaks more and more of it. It's a divine power behind it. And what does she call for today? Cleanse your heart of sin. May 2nd, 2011, Alice said... I desire to help you to be free of the dirtiness of the past and begin to live anew. That's where we need to go, all of us. All of us has our scars. We have everything from our past. And God's called us to do something that the heavy father gives us that is natural and holy and divine. That's what our messages is about. You're not going to accept them? Are you catching how serious the moments are? Are you being flippant about the messages and what she's given to us? You'll be alone. Or you can feel alone and know that you're not alone. Because the lady said, today, I'm leading you. 
If she's leading you, then you're following her and you're not alone. Our Lady said March 2nd, 2015, I am with you. This means you're not alone, although you may think so. Our Lady said today, be one with the Heavenly Father. Our Lady is your strength, and you are her strength. Our Lady is leading you, and she goes before you. She will never leave you, and you have solace of that through her messages.
refuge in the storm Through these trials You've always been faithful I can say with a full heart of desiring and following our lady that there's an opportunity in front of you. I want you to be safe. I want you to experience that through our messages. Don't lie to yourself, rationalizing wrong is right. It's not worth it. Yago said of those who go to hell, it's the ultimate waste because they didn't have to go there. So what is that opportunity? February 2nd, 2014. A lady says of that opportunity, I desire in your actions as my apostles, you be exact, resolute, and above all sincere. You be open for blessing. Filled with condition under the shelter of my son and myself, you will be my apostles. So the opportunity is you can be an apostle of Our Lady or you can be an apostle of Satan because those who go to hell become that on earth. And if you want to spend eternity with Our Lady, accept her invitation this on behalf of the whole community we offer you this and pray for you for that we wish you our lady we love you good night
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Mechagoria. To listen or download free, go to mech.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order the show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.